just you get to choose. Like here's here's the scenario: the the environment gives us something which can be perceived as negative, can be perceived as not working, can be perceived as problematic. The world's ending. So we get to choose to see it like that, or we get to see choose to see it as an opportunity. So clearly, that it's my responsibility now to do that for other people. If I have information, and you know, other people's success is my success, and vice versa. Because you know what, like the challenges or the roadblocks are the journey themselves. There's no big things. It's all little things compounding on top of each other. All right, Coach John Z, ready to have another riveting conversation here on this week's episode of Truth Seekers. We'll have Coach Nick joining us shortly, so a little bit of a different flavor this week, but um, why don't you set the tone for us? I, I think our, the overarching conversation we want to have is about, uh, it's in reference to a book, right? It's called Crucial Conversations. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so there's this book called Crucial Conversations, and it talks about um, basically communication. And it breaks down why conversations that are crucial, and they define crucial as high emotions, high stakes, and uh, opposing opinions. So that's the ingredients of a crucial conversation. And when we enter into that, we kind of feel it. Like we feel the opposing opinions, we feel the high stakes, like I don't want this to go wrong, right? And we feel the strong emotions. Why is it that we actually perform at our worst? And so the book takes you into the why of that. So you can really understand the dynamics of what's going on and then deconstruct, okay, how do I create a environment where those crucial conversations turn out really, really well, intentionally. And the book is filled with tools, techniques, um, so you can practice this. And, and the more you practice, the more you feel confident in your ability to communicate with anyone. Oh, that so. Is it best for us to spend our time today maybe practicing one of those techniques or more laying the foundation for how this works and what people can take away from that? Well, before you practice, you need to know what the fundamentals are. So okay. it's, like, it's like golf. You, if you practice at the range and you're practicing the wrong things, mm. you're not going to get better. But if you know the fundamentals of golf and you practice those, you will get better. Okay. I think it makes sense to go back to the fundamentals or it, even if you don't know the fundamentals, to learn the fundamentals first. Okay. And so for me, you know, I'm not saying I'm a master of the book, but I know what's worked for me. So the first thing is to know what it is that you want to accomplish. And when you think about this, you need to think about a person in mind. So think about someone who you know you might not feel a free flow of communication with. And therefore it feels a little bit awkward or you might avoid those conversations because you don't really know what you want to say. And I, we all can think of one or two of those situations, right? And then, so you write down, what is it that I want 
from my communication with this person. And then you write down, what is it that I want for the other person? What do you want their experience to be like? And then you say, what is it that I want for our relationship? And if you get all those things, then that's the foundation. But I like to even ask one or two more questions. And that is, what is the style under stress that I feel that's almost an unconscious feeling that comes up when I think about that person? And there's six styles under stress that the book goes through. Three of them are passive styles and three of them are aggressive styles. So the passive ones are withdrawal, just kind of like shutdown. Avoidance, which is another form of shutting down. And masking, which is a little bit more um, kind of faking. So someone asks how you're doing, you say, great. But you really feel awful. Mm -hmm. So that would be like a masking. Those are the three passive styles, and then the three aggressive styles are attacking, uh, labeling, which is kind of a judgmental blaming, and then controlling. So I like to just take an inventory, think of an individual, and then I, I say, what, which style under stress do I feel that I go to? And then I, I throw that into the solution. And I tell my brain, this is what I want for me. This is what I want for the other person. This is what I want for the relationship. And I don't want to be, I don't want to use this style of stress. I want to feel safe. I want to have mutual respect. And I want to have a shared purpose. And I let my brain solve for that problem. I love that. Okay, so does this require the other person to be on the same page with this, or can you do this without them knowing? No, that the whole point is you do this in preparation for the conversation, and if you are good at this, I find that the crucial conversation never even happens, because the resistance that you might feel from someone else can be diffused within you. Mm -hmm. And the more I do this technique, the more I realize it's not the other person that I'm concerned about reacting a certain way, it's me. Hmm. So does that make sense, Josh? It does. So let me let me just recap, like maybe in my own words. So we're doing this because you know, there's a potential difficult subject or something that we want to approach somebody about that, that we care about, right? We, we obviously value their, you know, the whole, the whole idea that we're being uh, intentional about approaching this conversation is that we value their, their friendship or their camaraderie or their opinion, like something about them that we value. So instead of just going in like another conversation and we probably know how it's going to go, we're being intentional about what we can control by asking ourselves these questions so that we don't fall into the same patterns and just end up with the same result. Yeah. Okay. Should we should we try it out so our listeners can see firsthand? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you to give an example of like when well, you. Why, why don't we like way. test this like 
Yeah, sure. Give it the full test. Okay. So I know I know both of us are probably on different political spectrums. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's let's test this, right? Okay. So um what I'd like both of us to do is list out and, and let's do this. Let's write down what do we want? Okay. What do we want for the other person? Okay. What do I want? What do I want for you? And what do I want for a relationship? Okay. And then let's compare notes. So give ourselves a few seconds to write it. And then let's share what we wrote. Do we have to know what we're about to talk about? Or is there a specific subject that we pick out? Well, let, let's use the most emotional, opposing thing we can get. Because okay. if okay. it works, it works. If it doesn't yeah. work, it doesn't work. Okay. I trust that it works. Okay. So imagine how powerful this would be when we prove to ourselves it works. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, this is not a drill for people watching this. There's no prep time here. So let's, There's no prep. This is live so here. <laughs> let's take whatever the most emotional, uh, politically uh, polarized topic you can think of. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. okay. And let's test this theory out. Okay. Right? Yep. Do you have a good sense? I don't know. We might need to create some safety here, coach. Well, that's the whole point, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I'll tell you what I came up with. So the thing that creates the most uh, strong opinions and opposing uh, opposing opinions or polarized opinion and strong emotions is forcing opinions on others. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So whether you talk about abortion, where you talk about guns, all of these topics that are very top of mind, the thing that creates the most energy in me is forcing. Yeah. Like if someone doesn't agree, but they get forced on it, right? So, so something something I wrote down, this is probably in the same family, but in injustice. 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 That's yeah. a great word that came up in our on-site, mm -hmm. right? So let's let's take that. That's a great word, injustice. So when you think of injustice, do you feel safe? I don't feel unsafe. I don't know if that answers your question. I don't feel safe when I think of injustice. I don't feel safe. So I'm being honest about how I feel. Yeah. So what I feel when I think of injustice is uh, I shut down. So how do I shut down? I shut down by avoiding. I avoid the topic. That's what I do. Because I, I just know it, it could explode. And is there anything else that I do? No, I just flat out shut down and avoid it. Because I I care more about the friendship. That's it. it. It's a fool's choice. So we didn't get into that with the listeners yet. But the foundation of this work is the fool's choice, which I need, choice. I need I need to define that. So okay. fool's choice is you can't, you believe you can't be honest 
because you're afraid you're going to lose a friend. So, so I'm so, actually feeling the fool's choice. So say, say that one more time. You believe what? You believe that you cannot be honest with yourself and share that with someone else because you're afraid of losing a friend. Okay. Okay. So that's what's coming up when I think about talking about injustice in the form of politics, guns, abortion. Yeah. Okay. How about okay. you? What do you feel? Do you feel safe talking about it? Do you feel any risk of losing me as a friend by going there? I feel like we have enough relational currency to where no matter what happens, like. But think of other people in this topic. Do you feel the safety with them? No. Okay. So what is that style under stress that you feel? Is it withdrawal, avoidance, masking, attacking, labeling, control? Yeah, I think it's um, it's funny because I could probably give you an example of each of the six. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah. but it's more it's probably more with withdrawal because I tend to want to engage because I I think that's the only way to make progress. But then something happens along the way to where you can feel it like this is not going this is not going to be beneficial for anybody. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So now let's apply the the tools and the techniques. So what I want in my dialogue with you is I want to feel safe. I want safety. And I do feel safe with you, but about this topic, I've never done it. So I'm not sure I feel it that way. I want to feel safe. I want to be able to express myself honestly. In other words, I'm not going to hold back. And my intention is that I feel heard and I hear you. So I want you to feel safe. I want you to express, I want you to feel heard. And then I want there to be a shared purpose, like that we can share our meaning in a way where we come away from this, really understanding the other's perspective so that we're open to unlimited possibilities. That's what I want. Love it. Not right or wrong, you win, I lose. That's not unlimited possibilities. So that's what I'm going after. Okay. How about you? All right, so maybe I could use a little guidance on this. So I, what I would like is I want to learn why, why, you, why you see the thing the way that you do. And I, would, I also want to explain why I see it the way I see it. Yeah. That's what I said. Okay. Yeah. You want the same thing I do. Right. Okay. And then I answered the next one. So what do we want for the other person? What do I want for you? I answered it in a negative way, like a, a reverse thing. Like, I, I want you to not feel attacked for, for the opinion you have. So AKA, I want you to feel safe, right? That's, that's what that is. And yeah. then want for the, want for the relationship, uh, just an understanding of each other's perspective and to be able to grow uh, and move forward, having understood why you see the way that, that you do. Good. I think we're, we have common commonality about what we want. So now let's do the actual technique. We ask our brains to solve for this complex problem. 
and I'm just going to stream of consciousness. I'm going to share what I'm telling my brain so the listeners can feel it. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying to my brain, uh, I want to feel safe expressing my heart and feeling heard for what's in my heart. And I want to, I want Josh to feel safe to express from his heart to feel safe and feel good about expressing himself without holding back with the intention that both of us don't want to hurt each other. We want to understand each other and we want to grow and potentially together we can start healing the world because the world is too focused on differences as opposed to commonality. Um, so that that's what I told my brain to solve for. Okay, so just to, like a quick pause, time out. Like when you say that, then something happens that's out of your control. Like it, it's just going to work. Is that what you're saying? Well, like what happens going- to me is energetically, I feel, I feel nothing up here. <laughs> okay. Everything I feel is in my heart. Oh wow! So it takes all of that noise trying to figure out what am I going to say that's not going to piss him off? How am I going to say it? None of that. I just go right into my heart and I trust that. I want to come back to that in the future because I think that is, that's huge, right? Because this is what's working to protect, like to throw up the barriers. Those six signs are, are all created right here. The book tells you what happens. You actually go into fight, flight, or freeze. They don't use the word freeze, but I use the word freeze. You shut down and the brain shuts off. Got it. So I don't feel shut shut down anymore. I feel fully alive and vibrant. Okay. So how about you? What do you want to tell your brain self? All right. So it's basically the the same thing we just walked through uh, intentionally, right? So maybe I just... All right. So what do I want? I want... uh, an open dialogue to where we can both share and we feel safe in our communication, regardless of quote unquote, not seeing eye to eye or coming to the same conclusion that I want that to be okay. Um, what I want for you is, is the same thing to be able to share and feel safe in your communication so that we can get to uh, number three, which is what I want for our relationship. Maybe we co-create an idea or a perspective that neither one of us has thought before and come to an even greater perspective of a potentially controversial issue. Love it. Okay. Do you feel, do you feel different a little bit in your body? My heart started racing a little bit. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think that's the sign of what you just mentioned with like, like the energy is going there instead of up here. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. Okay. So let me, let me go with um, guns, okay? So here's what I feel in my heart about guns. I feel like there is a, a, a value in defending ourselves. I feel like there is a uh, right to defend ourselves. However, what I don't feel is that there is a need to 
use force to settle our differences. I just fundamentally oppose force. It just doesn't make any sense to me why we would choose to take differences and use force. I just, it, it's like, I, I, I'm against everything about that. That's how I honestly feel. And that speaks to the in, injustice part, right? That's that's where the injustice where like in, innocent people are become victims of that. Is that right? Yeah, uh, you know that. So to to go to a further extreme, to not have some form of control over, you know, the analogy that you know you gotta be twenty one to to do this or that, but. You, you can be 18 and buy, uh, you know, a gun that's designed for uh, warfare. Not, I mean, it's just designed to, like, kill hundreds of people. Uh, it just makes absolutely no sense to me. It's like, I just can't comprehend it. I just want to throw up. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about it. It's such a strong feeling. Uh, why would we want to? Why would we want to give something that we know is is not? It, it's it's so volatile. Why wouldn't we want to control that somehow? So, so I feel. All right. So where do we where do we go from here? Do I respond? Well, I want to hear your perspective. Yeah. Because you've heard mine. Yeah. Yeah, so I I would also like to agree to agree with you with uh, like it's it doesn't I think there's things that go on that would cause somebody to think that using force, especially against innocent lives, like that's the part that doesn't make sense to me is like people who have nothing to do with whatever suffering this person has has to suffer at at their hands. Uh, so if I can go to the controversial part, I think people, some people think that putting measures in place will prevent those people from hurting people. I think that's a, uh, people take that as a given that I don't know is necessarily true. And so where we're I'll also echo your statements, like I, I really do think it is important that we have the right or that that's maintained to be able to protect ourselves. And where I think force, is justifiable, maybe that's not even the right word, but is to protect myself of when somebody's using force against me or, or threatening me with force. That's the only time I can think of that it would be useful. So maybe that's uh, the quandary right there with like, you use force against force, like who's right? Is, is there even a right thing? But to be able to have that equalizer, I think is needed against people who maybe are in power and abuse power or people who are sick or mentally disturbed. Um, so I think some of the issues like that get conflated in, in the public domain uh, doesn't speak to any of these details that we're talking about. And people just jump to conclusions and then scream at each other and try to feel heard for what they think is the right thing to do. I agree. I agree. So 
you brought up a point about um, defending yourself. And let's take the schools, for example, because my wife's a school teacher. And, you know, they're actually training school teachers how to use guns. She didn't sign up to learn how to use guns to teach special education kids. So, you know, in order to defend someone, you'd have to give teachers AR-15s and they would have to have them all over the classroom in case someone came in with an AR-15. It just doesn't make sense to me. What makes sense is that we use some common sense and say, okay, if you want to have a gun, have a gun, but do you really need an AR-15? Why would anyone need that? It doesn't, it doesn't compute unless we are all about resolving our differences. And now I feel like I'm getting out of coherence. I feel like I'm feeling threatened when I say this. When we feel like we have to resolve differences with force, that never works. We have to learn how to resolve our differences with words and be in our hearts. So that's what I think the solution is, but I don't think the dialogue is even going there. Yeah, I, I think in a world of 7 billion plus people, that's probably the majority, like but who knows what we can come up with a percentage of people that think that way. I, I would agree with you. Uh, but there just happens to be a segment of the population. I think there might always will be, might be a little bit of a doom and gloom outlook, but that are that that can't get to that place or feel so trapped and cornered because of whatever they've been through or whatever they consume um, that they can't get to that place to where like you need two agreeable parties to say we're going to solve this with words for that to even be possible like sometimes you can go to the negotiation table with two people who want to make an agreement and still not get there if you don't even have two people that want to try that, then you don't even have a chance. Yeah, but what is the only thing that's going to work? And if we know what's working, what's what's happening now isn't really working. Do we agree on that? And so, what do you mean by that? By protecting against by, the threat of it, or having, just the... by not having some form of control? around who can buy what weapons. We're seeing this country has more shootings than any other country, and it's not even close. I mean, if you really look at the facts, there's something fundament fundamentally wrong with the way we're trying to solve it. And if that's true, then we need to try something different. So we would probably have to agree on that first. Yeah, and there's there's a lot in there. Right, right. But so my my solution goes to: Is that true? What are the facts? What are what is the truth? Is the way we're trying to solve it not working compared to other countries? And if that's true, then we need to figure out some different solutions. Um, 
but I don't know where you are on that. Yeah, so th this is where I, I think I mentioned it earlier. This would be interesting to see where this goes here. So I think the point I was trying to make is that I think somebody who is motivated to really inflict harm on people and is maybe mentally disturbed or sick, I, I'm not sure how much a, a law or a rule preventing them from buying a gun legally will actually prevent them from acquiring a firearm. I think if they've made up their mind that they're going to hurt people, they're going to find a way to do it no matter what. And I think of when we talk about force and injustice, the, the reason that some people throw up the barrier right there is because there are law-abiding people. Now, maybe we can get specific about what the language would be or what the law would be or who would be prevented from actually buying it. And maybe it doesn't affect anybody who's law-abiding. Okay, so maybe we would have, I would, I would have an agreement there that there should be some extra checks as long as you know, sometimes what happens is that paves the way for the next law to happen and actually people's rights are taken away that are obeying the law. So that's just the risk that I, that I, I, I share there right. that I might be worried about. So I think it, it is important. I, one, I wonder if there will even be a difference if that is implemented. And then two, my concern is, does that pave the way for more uh, with overstepping and feeling the force coming to the law-abiding people we're actually like following yeah, the law and I, want to I, use it. I understand that that logic, and that's the same logic people use on abortion. You know, that, that this is a step towards taking away other rights, like gay marriage and other oh. things. So it's the same kind of, it's exactly the same type of logic. So, and it really comes back to what I consider injustice. When the majority of the population believes one thing, and there's laws that enforce something differently, that to me is injustice. Can you repeat that one more time? When the majority of the population believes one thing, but the laws reflect something different, that to me is injustice. Okay. So. Something like 90% of the population agrees there should be some gun regulations. But really? yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, greater than 50% of the population believes there should be um, a, a rights to an abortion. So the majority is not being represented in the laws. That's that's what I feel is an injustice. Hmm. Yeah, I might have a different definition. Okay. I think my, I think injustice goes towards uh, hmm. I would be worried about injustice happening if we only listened to the majority and other people felt strongly about the other way. Like I don't I don't think a majority elicits you know, 90% would be a different story, right? Because that, that is a, a very significant percentage of the population. But with something so, like abortion is a great example, right? Because it's it's either one way, like the law is either there or it isn't. There's no, there seems to be no middle ground with that. It's such a difficult 
like that's that's where I come I approach that whole conversation with like there's no right answer. Right. There's no right answer. We agree. Yeah. So why are we enforcing one right answer? Well, I think I think they just re, they just repeal the law that prevents it from being enforced one way. If anything, it went back to the people to decide what the right approach is. It goes to the legislatures in the state. Oh, but, but yeah, but my perspective on that is it's taking away a right to choose. Yeah, because because that was put there. Well, that was given 50 years ago, but so it's taking away a right for for people to decide what's right or wrong for them and to take away that choice which means there's no right or wrong yeah becomes a injustice and and what's to be said and i'm just playing devil's advocate at this point because uh you know this is it's, a, it's very touchy and i don't know how i feel about it I, I would actually like to talk through it more but you talk about injustice like what's to be said about the injustice of aborting a baby or a fetus right <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but that that is a decision that a mother needs to make. And who are we to judge what someone decides, depending on their situation? If they're raped or if they're 14 years old, whatever their situation is, who are we to make that decision for them? You know, it's like, do we believe in rights or not? Do we believe in some rights but not other rights? Why is it, you know, I know it's a religious thing, but if someone doesn't, yeah, I, that's where this I, whole thing comes from. It's, it's a religious topic. I would say, I would say it's a moral thing. Yeah, I mean, you, you could say that, but it depends on the situation. If a mom feels that this is right for her, do we really want the government to lock her up? To like say, no, you're going to prison? Well, so that's the other part of, about this. I just said this with a friend. If, if you really want an abortion and it's illegal, don't you think there's still, there's still gonna be people who, like prohibition happened, people still like found ways to drink. Yeah, they go, they drive to other states. Right. It, it just seems silly. So can I go to a place, uh, can I address something that might be, might cause friction? Yeah. Like, so what you just said, I, I don't know if I agree with you said, like, do we believe in rights or not? Like, I think that's a very uh, black and white way to look at it, that it's not so black and white. Because I could say the same thing about, well, the rights of the newborn, like who's, that, that limitless potential, right? We go to Hartman and the human yeah. being and human yeah. potential has no voice and no say. And we can talk for hours about when human life actually starts, right? Is it contraception? Is it heartbeat? Is it birth? Like there's no right answer, right? There's, we're never gonna be able to agree with that. Right. So I just think there's, there's that to consider. Again, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but to say that, you know, do we believe in rights or not? I think is, is a difficult place to approach that from, if that makes sense. I don't, I don't disagree. It's a, it's a question that we all need to answer. Um, but getting back to 
the analogy I make of you're driving a car, you get a driver's license, and there's rules. You have to wear a seatbelt, right? And you can get arrested for not wearing a seatbelt. Because why? Because you might endanger someone, right? There's also rules that you can't drive drunk. Why? Because you could endanger someone. Why doesn't that apply to someone who's been posting on social media that they're going to, they're, they're anti-whatever and they're going to buy a gun? Why can't we say they shouldn't have a gun? I would, so this is where we agree, and I would take that a step further, I think. In a lot of the cases where there are shootings or even mass shootings, there were flags all over the place. Exactly. So we agree, Josh, we agree. Yeah. (laughs) So So, much more than we disagree, but why can't we resolve this? So what's the solution? We actually agree on, I would say, 90% of what we're talking about. Yeah. Why is our country dysfunctional? Because I think even if we were agree that that's the problem, then our brains jump to conclusions that we don't know will lead to the conclusions that we want or the results that we want. So that's kind of my point earlier is if we identify those people as threatening people and don't and say that they can't buy a gun, I still think that we'll get a gun somehow. Okay, but what are, what are we learning on this, on this Truth Seekers episode? What are we learning about what is the only thing we can do? We can be in our hearts, Mm-hmm. and not go to our heads and not try to use force or withdraw we have the only solution that Hartman said was value life value yeah. our hearts value our feelings and express them and that's the only thing that's going to work guns are not the solution here right and so this is what I was going to with the agreeable parties you think if we identified one of those people who was all over social media and this and that. Do you think they would agree to sit down and have a heartfelt conversation about their feelings? I think that that's the only solution and that mm-hmm. we, should, we should work on how do we get to the parents and the teachers and teach them how to be in their hearts and have crucial conversations with their sons and daughters that are going through a lot of chaos. They don't have the tools. But to me, that is what we need to focus a lot of our resources on and agree that the solution is not to take opposing sides and tell, and tell each other you're wrong and I'm right. That doesn't do anything. Yeah. Right? Would you agree? I agree. Absolutely. So let's take it upon ourselves to work with teachers, like you're doing at Rock Hill Schools, and work with parents and give them coaching so they know how to get out of their heads, into their hearts, have these crucial conversations with the 18-year-olds that are posting on social media. And that's how we're going to solve this. I love it. I'm fired up. <laughs> that fires me up. up. That's, that's, that's actually a legitimate approach. Now, now it's a hero's journey, right? There's 330 million plus people in this country, it's, it's not gonna, there's a lag time with what we're talking about, what we know to be true and to get like the mass population on board with this, but it's gotta start somewhere. It's gotta start with us. 
Yeah. Gotta start Mark one person the man in the mirror. And that's what Hartman wanted. If you've read, have you read his writings? Like he's all about, he doesn't want war. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Yep. It's valuing the intrinsic. It's, it's our feelings. It's caring. It's compassion. It's love. That's what matters. We've, we've talked before about, I think we're all in agreement that there's, there's this movement going on. People are going internally. COVID helped with that a lot, that people are in touch with their spiritual side and asking, asking these questions about what they really want for their life. And I think, uh, you know, we're kind of wondering where, where it's going or what the biggest version of this is, or like when it really gets momentum, what's going to happen. And these are some of the things that I think will unfold that five years ago seemed impossible. Like what? We're going to coach people to like have these crucial conversations with people who are going through some trouble and preventing them from shooting up school. Like that would, that would have been so wild. But I think now more than ever, it's absolutely possible. And it's actually, it's needed. It's a must. And it starts with just our circle, right? Just our influence. And all it, it, it catches fire. Somebody else sees that, takes it home with them and starts practicing it. That's how this happens. Uh, are you happy we had this? <laughs> yes, there was. It was interesting in the middle, right? I didn't know there were some things that we didn't agree on, but that was part of this, right? We kind of knew that we're not going to agree on everything, but we, yeah. If I'm thinking back about our intentions for the conversation, I would say that we accomplished it. Do you feel that we have a stronger bond now? Yes. Our relationship is stronger because we had this crucial conversation. Yeah, I, I do. I think just for getting through it. <laughs> But oh, also, you. this is good. This is a yeah, great we'll, example for everyone that it doesn't matter what the topic is. If we are, if our intentions are good, we want to have a shared purpose, which is solving this tough problem, mutual respect, and listening and putting our heads together, co-creating, right? Anything is possible. If we don't put limits, if the only solution is everyone can have an AR-15, that's a very limiting solution. Yeah, the takeaway for me is that I wasn't sure how that would be possible to get to the place to where, like what I wanted for our relationship was to uh, co-create maybe a new perspective I hadn't thought of before. We did get there. I, I would have thought we had to agree on certain things to get there. And it was actually the opposite. We actually, there are things that we still don't agree on. We're not agree, but we don't, you know, we don't, we're not hundred percent in lockstep with, right? Yeah, but I think it was more like 90% agreement. That's agreement. what I felt. Okay, so maybe the takeaway is we don't have to agree hundred percent and we can still co-create something that we can both get excited about and on board yeah. with. Remember the exercise we did in, in like Norman, the first thing we did with Coach Alicia where she asked us to circle the things that, we realized we had a lot more in common with each other than we knew. Yeah. And I truly believe that if we focus on what we have in common and the common values we have, and then have these unlimiting perspectives help us to solve problems, we will be much better off than if we assume the only solutions are taking sides. Because it's, it's a limited perspective. Bingo. And it's so polarizing to say you, you're on this side or this side. 
Like the maybe, abortion maybe conversation. We should change that. Like yeah. maybe we should just say we're independents. Right? Because the more people that identify with one extreme or the other, it's not helping. Yeah. Because they're not looking for solutions that are like this. Right. Right? And so we need, maybe it's a different party. I don't know, but maybe it's the, it's the uh, unlimited possibilities party. <laughs> I love it. I love oh, it. This has been great. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know, but I did trust the process. And everyone that's listening, you need to buy the book. Trust the process. Try it out on yourself. I've seen, like we saw this last week at the onset, this stuff is life-changing. What uh, The book is, is called what? And who is it written by? Can you see it? Yep. Crucial Conversations, third edition, When the Stakes Are High. Yeah, Joseph Gray is the most famous of the, there's like, six people on here, five, five people. But Joseph Granny, he's, uh, he's been doing this for decades. And he's got this other side academy. Where it's a moving company. And they, they're basically run by ex-cons. Hmm. And they have the highest satisfaction ratings in their geography. And they use these principles. Wow. And it really was the only way they would survive outside of prison was to learn new techniques because they were all about violence. Hmm. It's a wonderful case study. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Coach Z, thank, thank you for sharing. This is fun. I want to practice it. I want to um, share it with the world here. So thank you for uh, illuminating us and we look forward to next time. Yeah, thank you for going there with me. Thank you for watching another episode of Truth Seekers. We appreciate your interaction. So please comment, like, subscribe to YouTube, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more, check out some of our links. Links to our masterclass, The Achiever's Mindset, come join our LinkedIn group. And what do you want to see more of? Remember, we're here to share the simple secrets of successful. So help us do that. What do you want to see? What do you want to see more of? Thanks, and see you again next time.